<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Yes, we are. Ooh, man, we got a lot to get to this week. Let's we? start. We do. We it, uh, There's a ton of bullet points. I'm watching a lot of... I'm getting into watching a lot of, like... Um, just film, I guess. Okay. That sounds really, like, athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really just a bunch of YouTube videos in a row to kind of regather everything on top of what I'm seeing live. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's 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 a lot to get to. But as always, we got to start with the wrestler of the pod. Yeah, that we do. Uh, so the wrestler of the pod this week comes almost, I want to say, at the at the recommendation of a friend of the podcast. Uh, this comes from Mr. Awesome, a listener and supporter of ours over on YouTube. He was just recently at a USA Pro Wrestling event, and he found somebody that we thought we should highlight. Okay. So this person has been seen for USA Pro Wrestling. They've been featured a tiny bit on AEW. Um, they were in the very first, uh, I believe it was the uh, Women's Casino Battle Royal. Oh, all right. Um, and they're also a second-generation superstar. So this wrestler of the pod this week is Teal Piper. Now, for those of you who don't know who she is, it is the daughter of the one and only Rowdy Roddy Piper. Still very young in the business, still very fresh. She's only been in the business for, I believe, about two or, year, two or three years. Okay. Um, but I watched some of her clips. I, watched, I re-watched the Battle Royal she was in. She's a pretty clean worker for only being in for a couple years. In fact, the Casino Battle Royal was her very first official wow. wrestling match. Um, so pretty smooth talent. You know, she's still young in the business. And, you know, if our listeners are able to recommend this, this guest to us, we got to show some love and highlighter. So the rest of the podcast this week, Teal Piper, the daughter of the one and only Rowdy Roddy Piper. Nice, man. Nice. Okay. And she, and she, she joins the exclusive list of second generation superstars to be featured as wrestler of the pod. That's true. That's true. Because who Cause, else do we have? Because we, we only have a select few. I know uh, I know Fatu is one of them. He's a yes. second-generation superstar. Teal yeah. Piper is one of them. And if I'm not mistaken, we have maybe one or two others, but we'll have to go back and take a look. And you know what? We had Andrade as one of them. Yeah, Andrade is one so of them. He so he counts. So we got Andrade in there. Yeah. So there, Man, there's not many, but there's a couple. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right, so we got, because we have so much that we got to get to, um, today I thought we'd do things kind of like uh, a little a little bit of sports center. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we kind of do some fiery rounds. We don't spend too much on one thing. I do have a couple of things pointed out that let's get to um, and spend some real time on to think about. But let's get the indie news out the way, man. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me what's going on with New Japan. All right, well, as far as New Japan goes, 
obviously you guys know what's going on with Bullet Club. You guys know Bullet Club is in the midst of a heated war right now. And Jay White has had his people picking sides if they're Mm -hmm. Team G.O.D. or if they're still Bullet Club. Now, some people have already thrown their names in the mix. You know, you got uh, Bad Luck Fale saying he's still Bullet Club and he's with Jay White. Mm -hmm. You have Guido saying that he's with Tama Tonga right now, Mm -hmm. which is kind of surprising because his partner, Jado, is with Jay White. Um, But in the midst of this battle, Tama Tonga was being attacked by Bullet Club. And one person that came out to save him is probably the last person anybody would have expected if they're a New Japan follower. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was saved by none other than Ryusuke Taguchi. And if you don't know who he is, it goes way back to OG Bullet Club with Finn Balor there. Because when Finn Balor started Bullet Club, he turned on none other than his former tag team partner at the time, Ryusuke Taguchi. Wow. And so basically how it went down was Taguchi came out to him helped him fiend off Jay White and all them. And then he shook his hand and he forgave him for the past sins that he was a part of a Bullet Club. Nice. So, yeah, for me, this is kind of their way of saying, all right, Tama, you're used to being the bad guy. You're used to being the asshole. We're extending the olive branch to you now. Now you are officially one of the good guys. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I seen it. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty big moment for him, for them, uh, for the both of them, for God, mm-hmm. uh, finally getting the. Uh, is, it, is this their first ally? Uh, uh, second outside of Bullet Club, yeah. I mean, the first mm-hmm. one that was in Bullet Club would be Jito, yeah, or, or Jado, however you say his name, and then now it's uh, Taguchi and his tag team partner, who I can't remember the name of, but the big deal was. Ryusuke Taguchi coming out and helping Tama because Tama was the one who attacked him. Now, I just saw this today, um, so I want to announce it for anybody that isn't closely watching um, Progress Wrestling. Um, As of now, there is a new Progress World Champion, and it's a former wrestler of the pod, uh, Jonathan Grisham. Ooh. The Octopus is the new Progress Wrestling Champion, um, which is very relevant to the next thing we're about to get into because Jonathan Grisham is also ROH World Champion, and there are some big things happening with Supercard of Honor coming up. Yes. And I believe one of those big things is the Briscoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so- Um. I was going to say, did you want to take that one or did you want no, to? No, no, no. Tell us about the Briscoes. Okay, so for a while now, a lot of people have been saying with the purchase of Ring of Honor that Tony Khan made, the Briscoes would not be on his radar. They're just too rough for TV. They're too brash. They're too um, whatever word you want to use. They don't fit mm-hmm. the bill for TV. Mm-hmm. And they said a match between Briscoes and FTR would be highly unlikely. Tony Khan has immediately put every single one of those rumors to bed because at Supercard of Honor, we're getting that dream match between the Briscoes and FTR. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to be big, man. Yeah, this is definitely a dream match that a lot of fans have been wanting because there's two styles, there's two 
I don't want to say they're two completely different guys, but they're two different guys whose styles are the same. Mm -hmm. One of them go by the top guys moniker and the other two go by the anytime, anywhere, we'll kick your damn head in. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's the same kind of energy. Yeah, they they bring the same energy. The styles are the same. They still they both got that hard hitting, rough shot mentality, mm -hmm. and you just know they're gonna make a banger of a match in whatever capacity that it's in. Yeah, and I know this has got to be big for FTR. I remember them saying themselves that the only uh, huge tag team they have left really to go up against is the Briscoes. Uh, Absolutely, because they've they've battled pretty much everybody. Yeah, that there I mean, is to to go up against in the tag division. So the Briscoes have to be one of the big last stops for them. Yeah, I would say so because you figure they 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 got Jurassic Express, they got uh the Bucks, um they they got uh I believe they've wrestled the Hardys before. I mean mm -hmm. they're they got the shield from WWE. They mm -hmm. there's there's plenty of people that they fought already that either we haven't seen or that we've seen. And the Briscoes is one of those teams that they haven't fought. So that's pretty much one of the last, you know, check marks that they got to make. And that's it. Yeah. And at the return of uh, Ring of Honor from the hiatus, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to be out to make a, a, a very special moment. Oh, yeah. Without um, question. And speaking of special moments, I'm really working on my transitions. Can you guys tell that I'm working on my transitions? <laughs> um, speaking of which, MLW has been really firing on all cylinders for their um, open door policy. Um, tell me about this overseas partnership. Because yeah, so, I didn't know anything about this one. Yeah, so basically what they've been trying to do within the last you know couple months and weeks uh, they've kind of been in the dark about it, but now they're making it more publicly known. They're trying to expand. I don't know if it's expand or just rebuild partnerships, whatever have you, but they're working on getting more talent from overseas and getting more of their talent overseas. Mm -hmm. um, they're trying to talk with, you know, CMLL. They're trying to talk with AAA. Okay. Uh, they're, trying, they're trying to talk with the Puerto Rican promotions. Mm -hmm. um, they're trying to work with a couple european promotions they're basically just trying to you know branch out and get get some feeler offers and see you know what what kind of what kind of work can we do together and and expanding each other's product and not just ours which yeah. i which i think is a pretty dope concept i think they're i think they are in a way using kind of the, i don't want to say the aw method but they're using a tag team uh, they're using a uh, sort of a buddy system yeah. where, and I, I remember it from when Leo rush was there and they had him fighting um, like the triple a cruiserweight champion. Um, and he had like won yeah. the belt there mm -hmm. um, in, in MLW kind of just the system where anybody from anywhere can join at any time to, you know, they let 5150 bring the IWA tag titles on TV or on their channel. I don't know if it's TV, but yeah, they're, they're kind of using, they're really looking to use a, a kind of an AEW system where they can essentially be a stopping point for just about anybody. Mm -hmm. 
which I think works really well for them because now that they're at a place where they're they're kind of becoming recognizable, mm-hmm. now the best thing to do would be to have anybody of a bigger community kind of lend their guys back and forth to help raise that uh, legitimacy. Yeah, like if they wanted to, if they wanted to, um, let's say if they wanted to reach out to World Wrestling Council, which is one of the companies in Puerto Rico. In fact, mm-hmm. I think it's the biggest company in Puerto Rico. Um, you could you could work out something where, I don't know, let's say the middleweight champ right now is who, Tajiri? Mm-hmm. Let's say we work out something to where, okay, we can get a few oh, going. You know, actually, it's Myron. It was Tajiri. Tajiri took it to Japan. Uh, um, Myron Reed just won it back, but still, you, so you even know. even better. Myron Reed's a better example. Like we can work out something to where okay, we can get Myron Reed to feud with Carlito from mm. WWC, mm-hmm. and they can feud for the middleweight title. I mean, it could work out pretty well because you know Carlito's very well known in the states and in Puerto Rico. Absolutely, he figures his dad's promotion. Mm-hmm. Myron Reed, one of the one of the many main names of MLW it could benefit both ways. You know, you get Myron more well-known overseas in Puerto Rico. You get Carlito more foot ground in the States. Not that mm-hmm. he doesn't already have it, but you get a more attraction in a company he's never been to. Absolutely. Makes for a great partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's really going to help them in the long run. I hope they can, uh, I hope they can maintain a full like vice TV contract to be on there weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're doing an uh, an occasional thing with um, with their big events or their pay per views that aren't really pay per views, um, like Fight Man, Battle, uh, Fight Land, Battle Riot, um, War Chamber, all of those. Um, they're getting Vice TVs to be on that week, but um, to get a, a good hour or two. Uh, every week on Vice TV, I think would be really, really cool for them. So I hope they get that. But speaking of the open door and overseas and trying to get everybody from everywhere, they've had a few appearances from some guys that are on AEW. Um, Like Bobby Fish, uh, Lee Moriarty's been there. Um, Most recently this week, they had Buddy Buddy Matthews uh, against TJP in the main event classic match classic 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 um did they we told a great we, story i was gonna say did we ever think we would say tjp had a classic match <laughs> not since not, the cruiserweight classic i'm sorry you, you know i just had to throw my one hit in there about tjp but yeah we, we gotta we gotta dig it tj we gotta dig it tj and then and then like maybe a year after we forget to stop digging on tj we'll have him on the show Mm-hmm. And hopefully he's not a huge fan that did his research. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, they had a really good match. They gave them about a half hour to work. Oh, really? Um, so I, yeah, I, when I was watching it, I checked the time um, during their entrances to see how much longer the show was. And when I saw that they were giving them about a half hour, I was like, oh, we're in for something. We're in for something good because they gave them a lot of time to work. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they went out there and they they threw out a banger. Um, Buddy hurt his knee early. Um, kayfabe, at least I believe it's kayfabe because he's been on AEW and fine. 
um, he like kayfabe hurt his knee during the match on a bad landing. So TJ had been working the leg all match. And it was just a story of big finish moves against slow wear and tear. Um, and they just told a really good story. But the news I have from the week is that um, beside this classic match that everybody should go see, um, and speaking of second generations from our wrestler of the pod, I got another second or second generation girl for you because the debut, the first match on the show was um, wrestler of the pod, Roxy, who just got signed to WWE going up against Miranda Gordy. Yes, Miranda Gordy. You guys can't see his face right now, but <laughs> Miranda Gordy. And this caught me by surprise. I didn't even know Gordy had kids in the business. So Miranda Gordy debuts against Roxy, beats her. And I, I didn't even, the name Gordy didn't even catch me at first um, until she cut the promo after the match. Yeah. Because after the match, she said, she cut a, a, a basic promo and then she, a basic quick promo, which was fine. But then she ended it with these two things that caught me completely that completely made my head turn she said i'm better than every all the other girls here because i'm not just a girl i'm a gordy and then i said whoa a yeah. gordy and then she said and i will whip their ass all the way down bad street and i said bad street oh is terry gordy's daughter debuting in mlw major yeah. debt for them like uh-huh I was, I, th- like if, if you guys didn't just see my face when he said gordy i was like wait a minute hold on yeah like, like gordy gordy damn that's good yeah man terry gordy's daughter is officially mlw um wow. and she put on a solid match uh she's gonna take some work but i'm i would i would get the i would get the idea that because she just debuted in MLW, that she's she's on the very beginning of her career. Um, yeah, but I mean, damn, gorgeous. Like, yeah, solid work. She can cut a promo. I know that. Wow. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, okay. promising. She looked like a daddy, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I didn't realize until after. So that's very surprising. So we got Miranda it's- Gordy in MLW now. Awesome. That is, that is, that's actually great news. Damn. Mm-hmm. Now I have, um, I have two things and then we'll get into some AEW speed rounds. Um, okay. Cause we're doing pretty well time-wise. Um, the thing from impact wrestling I have is very small, but recently Alex Shelley went up against um, switchblade J white King switch. And uh, we talked about this last pod. But I was watching um, the Motor City Machine Guns match against Switchblade and and, uh, Chris Bay. And they put on a really, really good, just a great tag match. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought about this, and I probably said this last pod too, but um, AJ Styles and the Motor City Machine Guns kind of are responsible for this generation's 
uh, this generation of indie wrestling. In a lot of ways, their style is is foundational. Yes. For uh, uh, for most of the guys we see at the top of the indies right now. Um, that yeah. New Japan strong style, but you know, a lot of that is the ricochets, the Ospreys, the the um, the Jay Whites, the Chris Bays, all of the Rascals. Like honestly, the Bucks. I, I, I wouldn't even attribute that tribute that to just AJ and the Guns. I would attribute that to most of Impact from the mid two thousands. I mean, yeah, you, just you figure, the entire X division, kind of. Yeah, I, I was going to say, because you figure you got AJ, you got the guns, like you just said. But I would also lump in, like, Christopher Daniels, Kazarian, mm-hmm. um, Joe for the bigger guys. Yeah. Um, Kevin Owens, Joe. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, is there anyone else from Impact? I mean, you, you could even go as far to say, like, uh, Petey Williams and Sanjay Dutt. Yep. Petey, what yo, I was and I was talking about this. Um, I was listening to this. I'm listening to so many podcasts. I'm doing way more research than I really should even be doing. Like, I don't even really need to be doing as much as I'm doing. But I was listening to I was listening to um I was listening to another podcast. Um and uh, I'm trying to remember who who was on it. But they gave props to my boy Petey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was because this is what it was. I was listening to Stephen Larson's Going In Raw podcast. Um, and they were talking about how um, the Control Your Narrative came out with their rules. Yeah. And they were talking about like no super kicks, no this, no Canadian destroyers. And they were like, um, they were giving props to Petey Williams because they were saying, man, think about how good you have to be for it to be called the Canadian Destroyer. Mm -hmm. Like, how many people do you think still don't even know why it's called the Canadian Destroyer? Yeah. Like, it's only called the Canadian Destroyer because of Petey Williams. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that man made that move everything that it is. So, yeah. um, but I, I, I digress. But yeah, like basically, like I was thinking about how AJ and the Motor City Machine Guns kind of created, and the X Division period kind of created a solid foundation for and the everything wrestling. that they're doing now. And I've always thought of the Motor City Machine Guns as um, a great tag team but they always kind of treated Saban as more important. <laughs> yeah, which... Uh... But I think they're trying to reconcile that with this whole Switchblade and Alex Shelley thing. I yeah. think they brought him back to kind of legitimize Shelley as a single star, but still having him with enough backup to go against Jay White. Mm-hmm. So I like the way that they're doing things in Impact. Um, So to get that out the way, and the second thing I have is just a little bit of NWA news. Nick Aldis is going against Matt Cardona soon. I want to get your thoughts because I've, I'm about to release the article. It'll be released this week for anybody that's like avidly watching or waiting for new stuff on the, on the website. 
Um, I'm dropping the February spotlight about Matt Cardona. So I already have an opinion about this. Mm -hmm. So Duke, I want to pick your brain after uh, Matt Cardona beat Trevor Murdoch for the NWA title. Nick Aldis has came out. Nick Aldis is backed by Jeff Jarrett. He's, you know, he was champ for forever. He's their guy. Nick came back and they're going to do Nick Aldis versus Matt Cardona for the NWA uh, World Heavyweight title next. Mm. And they did a huge, um, they have a huge promos going back and forth. They have um, Zach talking about, or not Zach, Matt, talking about being champion, um, talking about Nick coming out and won another shot at the belt. Um, and they've also done shots of Jeff Jarrett on his own podcast saying how much he's uh, personally doesn't want Matt Cardona for the image. And the story they're painting is basically um, Matt Cardona isn't what we want NWA to be represented by. Aldis is our guy. We want it to be Aldis. We want to be happy for Matt Cardona, but we just don't. He's just not what we're looking for. So the company guy, Nick Aldis, is supposed to get the belt back. I want to get, I want to pick your brain about what you think of this angle and what do you think of the match in general? Well, as I click my pen and I contemplate, I think it is great storytelling that they're doing what they're doing because we've seen this this kind of storyline before where a guy wins the title and the quote-unquote authority doesn't think he's the champion that can lead them or doesn't think he's the champion that fits what they're trying to create which which is essentially kind of true cardona doesn't really fit the nwa standard as a whole Mm -hmm. but it's something different it's something refreshing it's something that hasn't been there for quite a while because all this like you said has been their guy for so long Mm -hmm. so it kind of gives me those I hate to compare him to Austin, but it gives me the Austin vibes of when Austin was the champ and he didn't fit what Vince wanted in a champ. Yeah. Yeah. So I hate to use Austin as, you know, the example for Matt Cardona, but those are the vibes I get when I look at it, like on paper, you Mm -hmm. know, you got, you got the former champ who's been the guy for so long, you know, the very proper and the suit, very gentlemanly, Mm -hmm. but also a mom. Monster. And then you have somebody who is completely anti-establishment off the rails. And he's the guy that has, you know, your, your baby. He's the guy that has your belt. Mm-hmm. So on paper, it makes for a banger of a storyline and neither one of them are really a slouch in the ring. They're both pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm with it. I'm, this is a storyline I would pay attention to. Right. I'm very, I'm very into it. Um, and as the people will see, if you read the article that I'm going to drop this month on the website for the Stevie Spotlight, um, I'm very behind Matt Cardona as a main eventer. 
as Me? somebody that should be should start to be looked at as top talent. Now, Duke, I think it's a different opinion. Yeah, me, I'm still a little bit on the fence, but you know, with storylines like this, this kind of push pushes me in that direction. Right. I feel like, and it's so funny, I, it's funny for me because knowing where he comes from, you know, um it for him to be the bad guy damn near anywhere he goes is ironic because in a way, you kind of want him to succeed, even though he's the bad guy. Even yeah. though how he, even though he knows how to put himself um, in a position to be the most hated guy in the ring, as as someone who's managed to turn their entire career around, I'm heavily rooting for his success. Mm-hmm. Even though the general understanding is that not everybody is accepting of Cordona in that kind of a spotlight. Yeah. So it's just an interesting dynamic. And I'm I'm starting to get there. Like when you do stuff like this, it starts to get my attention. It starts to put, it, it starts to butter me up a little bit more. So I'm willing to see where this goes and, you know, see how it turns out. Right. Okay. All right. I think we're done with indie stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to hit AEW speed real quick. There's only one topic I really want to stay on for a second, and then we'll move to the big WWE news because a chunk of this news is WWE. Mm -hmm. Um, So real quick, what are your thoughts on Chris Jericho turning his new Jericho Appreciation Society um, into official sports entertainers. They are no longer pro wrestlers. They are sports entertainers. What are your thoughts about sports entertainers in AEW? I don't know if this annoys me or if this <laughs> makes me think that Jericho is a genius in the sense of we're going to we're going to be the guys that stay relevant by saying we're the other guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this annoys me or if this makes me think Jericho's a marketing genius or not even a marketing genius, just like a, just like a storytelling genius. Mm-hmm. I thought kayfabe, it's the perfect spot to be. I think he realized calling himself, um, he, 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 there was some other weird moniker he tried to use for a few weeks and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started calling himself the big one for the Eddie Kingston feud. Um, but the promo where he, this, this past week's promo calling himself a sports entertainer. I was like, that's the one. Yeah. That one feels right. The other ones seem like just things you were trying to throw up in the air because there's certain things you threw up in the air that kind of worked like the demo God and, you know, but I, I think he was looking for his next, uh, his next thing. And the big one wasn't landing as hard and whatever he was trying to call himself before that just wasn't sticking, but sports center, Chris Jericho sports entertainer. Oh, mm-hmm. that's, that's badass. Yeah. That's badass. That's a new level of bad guy right there for me. 
It's like what a what a what a what a great way to capitalize on all of Vince McMahon's hatred. <laughs> mm-hmm. How can I get exactly. a, how can I get a heel pop as big as that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me become the Vince McMahon of AEW and just make myself super hated and different from everyone else. So props on Jericho for that one. Tell me this. What do you think about Wardlow? Wardlow's now turned on MJF. This past week, he had his TNT championship match um, that he was winning with his triple powerbomb symphony. And then uh, Sean Spears came down with chairs. MJF blindsided him. They uh, they made him lose the match, and then everybody jumped him. But I was, for that little bit that I was watching Wardlow in there, when he started, just he just hit another level. I think there was some point where Scorpio, I think he slapped him in the face. Um, and then he... he it, it like really set Wardlow off and he kicked it into another gear. And when he was delivering these power bombs and listening to the crowd and I was just feeling the energy, like, man, this guy, he's got like a Batista pop right now. Mm-hmm. And I was watching him do these triple power bombs, which honestly look worse than the Batista bomb. Remember the first time you saw the Batista bomb? Yeah. And I remember, because I watched way too many freaking wrestling documentaries, um, I was watching the one about the greatest finishers and how they would say the difference in Batista's powerbomb was so vicious was because he kind of threw you down and went all the way down with you. Yeah. And I remember them talking about the difference between that and the jackknife because Kevin was so tall he didn't have to throw you. He could just kind of take you up to his shoulders and drop you down mm-hmm. and kind of let you fall. Um, and Wardlow's Powerbomb Symphony is essentially both. Yeah. He's a big, tall dude. He takes you all the way up to jackknife level mm-hmm. and then throws you down like the Batista bomb. It, it's almost way up high. It's almost like when Brock Lesnar would do the power bomb. Mm. Yeah, because he was very vicious about it. Yeah, yeah. Brock, Brock was kind of like monsterish when he did it. Right. So Wardlow's it, it looks so painful. Yeah. <laughs> and and the hit to the mat is so hard, but I'm taking in the atmosphere and the way he's doing the power bombs and the pop he's getting. And I'm like, dude, is Wardlow like is Wardlow Batista? He he might be the real hidden gem, to be honest with you. I mean, because I, I know it wasn't just us. A lot of people were either 100% behind Wardlow getting his push, or they were still on the fence, but they were interested in it. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember, you know, we, we've conversated with numerous people, with people like, you know, Fed's Frequency, D the Toy Hunter. You know, they've we've all been relatively interested in the in the Wardlow experiment mm-hmm. and now that it's finally here and they're ready to unleash it upon us 
I'm really excited to see how this goes because I feel like Wardlow could fall under the hook category where he just becomes like an instant fan favorite. Ooh, whether yeah. he, wh- whether he's a heel or whether he's a face, I think he's he's gonna he's gonna be one of those people that wrestling fans are highly invested in just mm-hmm. just because of you know he's been on the side for so long, who he's with, he's got the look. Technically, he has more of a look than Hook does. Yeah. Um. So I'm really excited to see how this Warlow Warlow experiment turns out because I think they could potentially have a future world champion. I got that feeling too. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, you go back and look at it. As soon as he sets up for those power bombs, the building just goes bananas. Like, yeah, it is so loud in there. You can hear it through the TV. Like, it is. It's got to be going crazy in that arena. I'd actually give him more of a push than I would Hook, mm. but main that that's not a that's and again that's that, not a downplay. To he hook. spent a lot of time there though, you know what I yeah. mean? They've been it, it's not a downplay to Hook. No, but I mean like even if Hook was there with him, like at the mm. same time, yeah, I'd I'd still give the edge to Wardlow, and it's not a knock to Hook. It's just you know, it, it's just the size thing, you know. Most yeah, you feed, most people, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be so much easier to push Wardlow. And and credit to everyone that's worked with him over the past three years since they started, because mm-hmm. there's never a moment where Wardlow doesn't look like a monster. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time and dedication and the right guys and, you know, a lot of focus to make sure Wardlow is never put in a position over a three-year span where he looks weak at all. Yeah, and they put him with the right people, you know, putting him with MJF as his muscle, that that was a great idea. Bringing Sean Spears into the fold, you know, you got the veteran right there. That that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. You got your other people at FTR. That was a good, like, they did they did good with the Warlow project. Mm-hmm. And I think they're finally going to be able to reap the benefits after all of this. Um, 100%. How do you feel about the Hardys? I know last time you said it wasn't as it didn't hit you like it should have. Um, this week they went up against a uh, private party. Um, and what I thought was a pretty solid match. Jeff has got to be a little more careful about his swantons um, and make sure he hits those, make sure the guy is out further enough so he can hit these full rotations and it doesn't look like he's about to break his neck. Um, because that would be a very sad beginning to this. Uh, be very careful on those swantons, Jeffrey, getting sloppy. But I thought they put on a very solid match. How do you feel about the Hardys week two? Uh, it was a solid match. Um, I'm, I'm still in the same boat. I mean, uh, it's not like if this is your final send-off, if this is, you know, the end game for you guys, sure, you know, we're here for it. Maybe in a couple more weeks, I'll start to get that, you know, the, the hearty nostalgia and the fever back. But mm-hmm. as it, as I'm standing right now, I'm still in the same place I was last week. It's really not hitting me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I understand Jeff. I understand more now because Jeff's able to talk more about it, mm-hmm. why he did what he did. And I, I, I kind of understand why he did what he did now, going about it, the way he went about it. Yeah. 
but it, it's still not it's still not for me why he was even it doesn't in make WWE, the return even it doesn't make the return any better uh i mean you know it, it, it makes the return tolerable like yeah if that yeah. if that makes sense and I, I feel like i'm shitting on the hardies when i shouldn't but Give me a couple more weeks, I guess, to just, you know, feel it out and see how they do together. And if, like you said, they got he got to clean up the swan time bomb. If he can do that and clean something up a little bit, clean some stuff up, get a little bit more crisper, mm-hmm. maybe. But as it stands right now, it's just, it's he's still got He's got to kind of gold dust you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if anybody gets that term. Yeah. If get, you've seen gold dust long enough, you'll realize he gets better with age. And yeah. He kind of cleans it up and looks. He just looks better as he gets older. Yeah, he's he's got to get more crisp. I don't see it happening, but you know, hey, if you can, if you can give me the gold dust treatment, then hey, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. All right, so the thing I want to stay on for AEW, and then we'll move to our WWE news, is um, the main event that night on Dynamite, not on Dynamite, on Rampage. Mm-hmm. No, it was Dynamite, wasn't it? I believe it was Dynamite. I don't think they did any like really, really big matches on on Rampage this week. On Dynamite, they ended the show with um, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's title. And this is ahead of Thunder Rosa getting a TBS title shot. And at first, I got to be 110% honest. I said to myself, this is either going to go one of two ways. Mm -hmm. She's either going to lose by some fluke stuff, you know, interference, some sort of something that makes her look strong, or it's going to be interrupted by the TBS champion so that they preserve her being AEW champion material. Mm-hmm. but can move the feud to the big event that they were pushing for, which is the TBS title. But I did not think she was going to win. Thunder Rosa went out there and pulled the Thunder Rosa. Yeah. And walked away with the AEW women's title. She went out there, she put on a classic, and she 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 came out on top. And the reason I want to stay here isn't the match, even though the match was incredible. It was incredible, amazing chair spots, amazing thumbtack spots. It's a steel cage match. It's on a Wednesday night, which mm-hmm. over is historically in wrestling. It's been the most boring night of the week. Yeah. They pulled out some, it, it, it was a legendary women's, it was a legendary match in women's professional wrestling. Okay. I will say that. They just, they did the damn thing. And at that point, they I feel like they made three icons at one time. And mind you, the two ladies are already fantastic women, professional wrestlers, professional wrestlers, mm-hmm. period. But I feel like as I was watching it and realizing this is a Wednesday night on AEW that isn't ultimate, that isn't ultra promoted. It isn't a special thing. Like this isn't some super big event episode. This is just a Wednesday night on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm watching, I'm watching, it was at the moment where um, there have been two big chair spots. They did a thumbtack spot. Britt Baker is about to lock in um, her crossface or her like mandible claw crossface variation. And Thunder Rosa takes her hand and smashes it into the thumbtacks to get out of the hold. Yeah. That I'm realizing, dude, they're changing the fucking game. They are on another goddamn level. Yeah. They are in here beat up, bloody, forcing hands in the thumbtacks with a lady ref in there. Who, mind you, is throwing herself into the damn thumbtacks. Who is counting in thumbtacks. I'm watching this thing like, man, they're doing legendary stuff in there. Uh Uh-huh. And not for nothing, Aubrey is definitely going to go down as a historic referee. Yes. To think about some of the big matches Aubrey's been in. Like she is making a name for herself as a referee in in wrestling, period. Like not to take credit away from them two girls real quick. Aubrey might be the toughest SOB referee in the business right now. Real man. Like I put her up there with her being. I don't want no smoke with her being in, and I don't want no smoke with ref Aubrey right now. (laughs) Like, yo, she's she's hardcore. She's in it. I was like, yo, she's like. She's like female Earl Hebner, bro. Like she's she's honestly at at this rate, bro. She she might be trying to get a step up on Earl. Facts. She she close. She's close. Like she is. She is earning her stripes out here, man. So I was like, these three women right now are on some legendary stuff. And I thought about this, and I wanted your opinion. Okay. So. Where I'm landing here is this. Do you remember Sasha Banks and Charlotte Flair? Yes. Do you remember how for a string of months, um, you just kind of knew any match they were in for that string of months was like, oh, this is the best match of the night. It's like, yeah, oh, they're, they're doing it, what? Best yeah. match of the night, I except, guarantee you. Except for that Hell in the Cell, but yeah. Except for that one Hell in the Cell. <laughs> that was kind of like post their yeah, main Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. I'm talking about when they were like going back trading titles. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I even remember one WrestleMania where um, my stepmom was there and uh, we're watching WrestleMania and the women's match is coming up and she gets up and walks out. And me and dad are looking like, what are you doing? Yeah, you might want to come back for this one. <laughs> and she's like, this well, ain't it's, the the bad women's, it's the women's title match. And we were like, no, this is the best match of the night. This ain't your bathroom break. Come on back. Yeah, this is the best match you're going to see on the card. Mm-hmm. They were that level. Yeah. At that time, they were Trish and Lita, right? Mm-hmm. I do believe after seeing how hard those women were going, 
for that AEW women's title on a random Wednesday, they are Trish and Lita. Mighty heavy shoes to fill. But listen, because this isn't the first street fight they've had. No. I mean, they're brawling it out uh, uh, Mick Foley level here and then they've already had remember the street fight that made Britt Baker legit in the first place was against Thunder Rosa yeah no I'm not disagreeing with you I'm just saying there's mighty heavy shoes it's it's mighty it it is mighty heavy shoes to feel but you you think about the level these women are willing to go at and I'm thinking to myself that they're they're Trish and Lita on a level where they are going to be successful individually regardless. But every single time you put them together, it's going to be magic. Absolutely. I think that's the level that these two women have reached. I well, think I passed the Charlotte Sasha level. To and just started their own level. So where they've started a new level where it's like, it's almost Austin and Rockish. I mean, it's in the way that, you know, they can go and do whatever they do. But if it's mania and it's rock and it's Austin, it's on, you know, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's definitely quite possible because and I don't think this is I don't want to say it's just Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. I think they have they've had quite a few moments with their women that have that have been pretty big moments already. Like you figure you look at the. um the tag team match that just happened recently, it was uh, Ty Conti, Anna Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, was it the Bunny and somebody else? Oh, yeah, it was. Um, was it the Bunny and Penelope Ford? Yeah, that, that's what it was. Those yeah. two. That match itself was a banger in its own right. Like I remember that one too. Yeah, yeah they they did. That, that's that. I think that's kind of when they kind of elevated their stock a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. I think just the main women right now of AEW are are just taking it to another level more than the women in WWE. Because, like you said, Britt Baker and uh, Thunder Rosa they got their own category right now. Mm-hmm. Jade Cargill has improved tremendously, tremendously since, since her time coming in. She's like she's like Jazz on a different level. Yeah, and then you got Ty Conti and Anna Jay. You have the Bunny Penelope Ford. You have, and then you got you know you got your other people that are there just still, still working their way through. Like Sky Blue, still working her way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruby Soho's in there in the mm-hmm. mix somewhere, still trying to find her place. Yeah, yeah, but you know she's helping the younger people out. So the women in general are just kicking it up a whole other gear within AEW. And mm-hmm. I think, I, I think you're right, bro. I mean, everybody over there is on a whole nother level compared to where WWE's at right now. Okay, Let, let's just because, um, which is great because we're about to transition into WWE. So real quick, because I think WWE's been doing a solid job. I'm going to shit on them real quick before we get into their news. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have Hulu TV now and I'm able to watch all the shows live so I can see Raw Live, Dynamite, SmackDown, um, then Rampage, um, all in real time. Yeah. And I'm not just going from YouTube clips. Dude, 
AEW solidly is putting on just a better show. Yes. It's just better wrestling, bigger atmosphere. It just feels bigger. And every single week, they've had something for you to be like, I, I got to watch it for that. Even if yes. I wasn't really trying to watch wrestling tonight. Oh, but I know that one's going to bang. Mm-hmm. It's like I wasn't really in the mood to see, but Thunder Rose is fighting for the AEW Women's title. They're going to do yeah. something big. Like, you know and what I mean? Every week, it's it's something that makes you go, ah, even if I really wasn't trying to watch it, I have to watch this week. Yeah, and, and WWE has had the opportunity to do that, and they just, they've whiffed on it. Like, I can talk about the Liv Morgan stuff till I'm blue in the face, but yes. you guys had yes. the perfect opportunity. You had essentially Mick Foley 2.0 mm-hmm. with making Liv Morgan the women's champion, mm-hmm. and everybody would have been excited for that, and you whiffed everybody. on it. Everybody, everybody, dude. And you whiffed on that. Everybody. And they had to freestyle her way to WrestleMania, because remember, I was like, she's, she's a, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was saying she looks like she's going to be left off the card. Yeah, and that would have been a huge mistake. And just thanks to a bunch of throwing things at the wall, it seems, and just makeshifting tag which teams we'll, out which of we'll nowhere, get into. which we'll get into, um, they've suddenly found a way for her to get on the card. Um, yeah. A card yeah. that for a match that I'm not even 100% sure that she'll win, but we'll get into that. Yeah. But the point I'm making is generally I've been watching every week live these shows and they are WWE seems to be coasting in a WrestleMania, which I understand. Um, you want to keep everything solid. You already had the biggie thing fall. Um, so you're just trying to maintain a level of importance while lasting these last few weeks till mania. I get it. But AEW has been solidly like just the more exciting show to watch the louder crowd the better matches the bigger stories it's just been the matches that you're more interested in the matches you're more interested they just been they just been on a different level they're wcw before that mcfoley uh raw thing (laughs) they're and hey they're they're here they're on a different level man they had a mcfoley opportunity and they stay with on it that's true that's true all right so that does it for the AEW news man um i'm gonna try and run down uh, i'll hit the nxt and nxt uk stuff and then i guess we'll do raw and then we'll do smackdown um and we'll land on a few good spots so real quick what do you think about roger strong being in nxt uk um I'll be honest with you. I completely forgot Roderick Strong was even there. <laughs> He's been forgettable, but that's part of the that's that's a legit response. He's but, been so forgettable that you kind of don't know when he moves somewhere. But he's currently in NXT UK this week, um, and he's looking for Ilya Dragunov. Is all of Diamond Mine with him? No, or is it, it's just, it's just it's him? Just Roddy. See, it's, it's not even you can't even make it interesting with Diamond Mine. Like I was gonna say, if at least Diamond Mine's with him, then that would help. But it's just Roddy. Yes, yeah, that was the, that was the problem with Roddy in the beginning. 
<laughs> and I don't mean to disrespect Roderick No, Strong. but you're right. You're right. That was the problem with Roddy in the beginning. He was by himself. He was by himself. And he just wasn't interesting. The best work Roddy's ever done is when he was not even, and I don't even want to use Undisputed Era as the example. The it's best when work he's, he's with done anybody. is when he's with anyone. Exactly. Like when he was with Pete Dunn for that little bit of time. That was that great. Was kinda, yeah, that was kind of entertaining. And he then he turned under- on him and it was like, oh, this is going to oh, be great. This is great. <laughs> and then he and went then, on his own and it was like, oh, oh, oh. And then you put him with Diamond Mind, and it was like, like, oh, this had potential. We like the people that are around him. It could be something. But yeah, I completely forgot. So, I mean, Roddy and NXT UK. Okay. I mean, you know, you guys, I guess NXT UK needs people. So, yeah, shoulder shoulder shrug, like (laughs) wrist nub, shoulder shrug. It is what it is, right? I just, yeah. I, I want him to be, I want him to, I don't know. I don't even know what I want, Roddy. At this point, your wife's more entertaining than you are. She just won her first uh, indie title. Um, I forget the promotion, but yeah, she just got crowned champion somewhere in the indies, and she's been putting on uh, Savage Fest matches. Damn, so <laughs> Has Roddy become our TJP? <laughs> oh, no, Roddy. Poor Roddy. Is he getting there? Is he he's getting close? He's getting right? there, man. He's got to pick it up. He's got to pick it up. <laughs> um, so that's that. As far as the regular NXT, um, it's looking like Dolph versus Braun Breaker at Stand and Deliver. Um, how do you feel? No, no, I don't even want to land there. Matter of fact, put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. LA Knight main event at NXT this week with Dolph Ziggler mm-hmm. uh, before we found out what standard deliver is going to be. LA Knight came out and interrupted Miz TV because Miz was there for Dolph. Um, and I heard the pop in the crowd for LA Knight. And I heard him hit his marks, you know, the let me talk to you. Um, the LA night, which the whole crowd was chanting along to this time and the huge pop after the, yeah, <laughs> this trademark. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was hearing the pop in the crowd and I was like, man, is LA night the best talker on NXT? I said, man, is, is LA night their star? LA Knight is looking like the rock out here. Yeah. 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 I was like, yo, LA Knight is wow. It's getting the biggest pop of the night. I've been saying it for a while now. It's not just the truth, bro. It's a fact of life. LA (laughs) Knight is that life. LA Knight is that dude. I've been calling this for a minute now. I don't know why he wasn't the you know the new guy to be the champ. Braun Breaker, okay, you know, he's your guy. But Braun Breaker, if somebody had to take the title off of Braun Breaker mm-hmm. and you guys had to make a feud out of it, LA Knight wouldn't have been a bad option. That man can that man can sell milk to a cow. Look, man, he can, like I didn't face or heel. I'm going with I'm going with LA Knight. It, I mean, and it, and it took a minute. It took a minute for it to really catch on. Because at first it was uh-huh. just kind of like an annoying 
last guy here. I knew. I knew. And and it, it felt a little it felt a little uh EC3 for a minute and then I don't know what changed but you know what it is? He maybe went- it's the environment. Maybe the environment changed and because he was put in such a bigger spotlight for it me brought so much more to his shine. For me, I think he just went back to what made him him. He he kind of when he came in, he was more strictly LA Knight. Yeah. He was LA Knight to a T. He he fit the bill of what they wanted LA Knight to be. And I think he kind of just went back to basics. You know, this was where my success was as Eli Drake. Yeah. I'm gonna be LA Knight, but LA Knight is gonna be Eli Drake. Mm-hmm. You go back and watch Eli Drake and Impact, and he was one of the best things in there from a talking aspect to an in-ring aspect when he was the champ over there. That was the reason Triple H went out of his way and literally bent over backwards to get him. Mm. He knew what he knew what LA Knight was. He knew what Eli Drake was. Mm-hmm. He needed him. He wanted him. So I I me personally, I was like, yeah, this guy, he's he's gonna be their champ. He he's got to be their guy at some point. There's no way around it, right? And just hearing um, them, hearing the pops and everything, mm-hmm. just validates my my opinion even more. Yeah, man. I I gotta say, like I, I thought it was gonna take a while. Like I, like I said, like AJ turning the house over to LA Knight was like weird to me. But we get to this place where you just you you hear that reaction. Mm-hmm. this is the guy he's the one like they go they get hyped for Braun but the, the way that they pop for LA Knight is on a different level yeah. Um, so I wanted to bring that up I think they're pushing They, I think they got a lot of faith in Santos Escobar yeah um, he beat he beat my guy um Cameron Grimes this week for the uh, North American ladder match qualification. Um, And it seems like Cameron Grimes is getting a character change, but more specifically, um, it seems like Santos Escobar has a lot of faith going into him, especially since the Mysterios uh, were there that night and the Mysterios and Legata del Fantasma got into a thing. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being Dom versus um oh I forget Joaquin Wild. Yeah, Joaquin Wild. Um in a one-on-one match. And I just I, I don't know why, but I know, I know why. I got I, I just got this feeling when they were doing their Legato de Fantasmo promo and they were talking about how obsessed. Santos is with Mexican wrestling and how he's supposed to, how he's calling himself the greatest luchador um, to ever live or whatever. And Ray and Dom come into the thing. And I was like, I don't know why, but I'm suddenly very excited for anything that could happen here. I don't know why, but suddenly I feel like this is main event level. Possibly, quite possibly. Like I would be here for a Santos Escobar 
Rey Mysterio match at Stand and Deliver. I'd be very there for that. Like, I know he's going to be in the ladder match, but I, I just got a small feeling like, man. Somewhere okay, down the line. He's, he's going to be the guy for lucha wrestling going forward. Like, you could feel it. Like, he's, he's that level. He's that guy. And Ray's always said that he would like to pass the torch on to the next big name for Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I, I think passing it to his son would kind of be too cheesy. Um, if there was like somebody else maybe, and he could be that somebody, I kind of thought Andrade would have been a somebody. I, I would have too. Um, but you know, things happen, What can't really control who WWE releases and doesn't mm-hmm. release, but Santos Escobar wouldn't be a bad, a bad pick. Not a bad one, right? No, not at I all. I like him. I like his team. I like how street brutal they are. I like the heavy pride. I like the, you can see all the lucha in there, but it's not, it's not uh, what I want to say. It's not cheesy. It's respected. Yeah. It's not Mexico's or Lucha House Party. It's like strong, proud Mexican heritage. Mm-hmm. It's like uh Basquiat-ish. Yeah. But like their version of it. Mm-hmm. Um so I dig what they're doing, and I, I feel like if they continue to push him that way, when they put him in on the main roster it'll it'll work like it'll translate yeah and they can have a strong a next strong mexican uh superstar that they can put some stock into um but as far as people for the future champa was about to it seemed like announce his retirement when tony d'angelo came in with a crowbar um, for anybody that doesn't know who Tony D'Angelo is, he's the guy that's pretending to be a mobster on Tuesday nights. Um, Tony D'Angelo showed up with a crowbar and they've been really trying to get Tony D'Angelo over and I haven't been feeling it, even though I love the idea of the character. Um, but Chompa was about to, it seemed like, announce his retirement. Tony comes up with a crowbar and freezes, puts it down. Champa turns to him and they have this uh, talk about how much Tony respects Champa and how he was looking at who he can make his name off of that would put Tony D'Angelo in the right, uh, the right conversation. Yeah. And he said, Champa, you're that guy. And uh, they shook hands and then, you know, he, he low blowed him and gave him the mobster kiss of death. Something fell off to me, but I don't know. How do you feel about Tony D'Angelo and them like really trying to make him work? I'm not the biggest Tony D'Angelo fan. Um, he, he's obviously a decent talent. You know, I, I think there's something there with him. But as it stands right now, I'm not 
really sold on him. I think uh, when he was doing, when they were doing war games and they had like the four main guys that they were saying were the future, it was like him, Braun Breaker, um, Grayson Waller, uh, Grayson Waller and Carmelo Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, I would say I'm like the least sold on Tony D'Angelo. I would say I maybe just, Braun uh, Breaker, number one, Gray, yes, uh, Grayson absolutely. Waller and, and Carmelo Hayes are like, you know, 2A and 2B for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, And then I would put Tony D'Angelo at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not as sold on Tony. And maybe it's because of a outfit thing. Maybe he looks too Brooklyn brawler for me. Yeah. Um, maybe it's... <sighs> Maybe I mean, there's hey. something I'm extra I'm looking for in the promos. Like I appreciate the kiss of death, even though the accent is hard, hard thing to get I mean, past. If, if Seamus ever wanted to expand his operations, I know he just got Butch. Why don't Why don't you Why don't you? No, it's got to be Irish. Why don't you got Irish? Why don't Butch is Irish now? He's Irish enough. You know, with them, they they marginalize. If you look close enough, like you could be Irish, then you're Irish. Hey, they're both <laughs> you're, European. You're Irish because we need you to be this. But Italian and Irish is not. Uh, you know what I mean? You got to seem dude, like we could. The dude from Goodfellas was Italian and Irish. They can make it work. <laughs> um, but I'm not. I'm just not as sold on Tony as I feel like I want to be because I want him to work. I do. Yeah. I love the mobster character. I love the kiss of death thing. I love it. But I feel like there's just some things I would do differently. And he let's just, get him a manager. He's too cheesy for me. Let's get him like, a manager. Let's bring in Nunzio. It solves the problem. Well, it kind of does, though. See, like, here's my thing. Like, if, like, if he wore, if instead of wearing the if instead of wearing the the old um track suit like you're mm-hmm. like you're like you're the runner for the mob why don't you wear a suit like you are the don of NXT yeah why don't you have somebody like nunzio to do your stuff to do your dirty work why don't you have somebody that gives people the kiss of death yeah, you know what I mean. It just there's something, but like I know what they're going for, but it's it's slightly off the mark. Yeah, they can a, clean up the little things that are wrong with his character. I feel like I'll be totally sold on Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, it, right now just, it feels like you're just you're forcing this guy and he's not ready yet. Yeah, it's just some stuff they gotta fix is all. Um, but do you think this is going to be Tommaso's last match? I think that's where I was trying to land with this. No, no. I doubt it. Um, in NXT, maybe, mm. maybe his last NXT match. But I, I don't, I don't think Tommaso's done. I think Tommaso's got some time left. Um, but I think now is a perfect time to jump into some of that WWE news that we got. What do you say? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's finish this up with the with all the big stuff. All right. Uh, well, this one isn't really WWE related, but I just wanted to throw it in there because he's a WWE guy. Uh, Gable Stevenson has officially retired from NCAA, his 
you know, his collegiate wrestling career. Mm. And he went out on top winning the NCAA wrestling championship for the second year in a row. So I just wanted to throw that quick nugget in there. He he's done with his collegiate career and he won out. He went out on top two-time NCAA champion going in there. The same as Brock Lesnar. I like uh, it. I mean, it's, it's good for him, man. Yeah. Uh, and he, like I said, he's, he's in there with Brock Lesnar, two-time champion. Uh, but that segues me right into Brock Lesnar. Um, this past Friday, I don't know what it is about Brock now, man, but his character work is just second to none at this at this rate because I don't know why. I just get joy out of seeing Brock Lesnar just assault a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like, not just assault a person, assault a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Like, this man was, if you guys didn't see it this past week, this man drove a forklift through an F, through an SUV while people were still in it, quote unquote, kayfabe maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also managed to rip the door off of a pickup truck. This dude is just face. Brock is just putting it's putting me in my happy place, bro. Mm-hmm. I want to. I, I want to know if you got the same feelings as me with face Brock. Um, yeah, I love everything he's doing, man. He's, he's, he's a treat. He's very, uh, stone cold, but not stone cold. Like it's like stone cold if stone cold could rip apart a vending machine. Yeah. It's like, instead of, uh, instead of him coming in there with, um, something to smash your car, he just smashes your car. Like he himself, yeah, he, he, is, he, he is the something that smashes your like car. imagine like imagine um uh Austin coming out to a group of guys um and then right before he gets in the ring he pulls out like a bat as an equalizer but mm-hmm. instead of that it's just Brock yeah it's just Brock is the bat Brock is Brock Austin is the and the bat He's, yeah. he's he's the most threatening part about <laughs> about anything. I love yeah. the I love Roman's work too though. Mm-hmm. Um being as scared as he was, like cutting mid promo when they found out that he was coming mm-hmm. and being like, What are we gonna do? And he's like, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> and you just see that man come in with, with the biggest smile on his face with the damn forklift like a kid in a candy store. Oh man, they're they're doing some excellent story writing with that stuff. They're they're doing they're doing really good stuff. Um taking it taking it way back to the to the two thousands. Yeah. When cars were an extremely poor important part of a storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't want to end on something bad. I mean, I, I, I don't know if this is gonna be bad or not, but I'm just gonna start with this first. Um, they've added to the women's tag team match that's going to be taking place at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So it is now uh, Carmella and Zelina Vega, your current champions, versus Sasha, Naomi, versus Liv and Rhea Ripley, mm-hmm. now versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. Um. 
I'm just going to ask you why. Um, because they have to include all the women in something that's not a rumble. So that we're, and we're they've been totally everyone. neglecting the women's tag titles since they were off of Natalia and Tamina. And there was a lot of people that they didn't have anything for. And we got to have something for those people. So, <laughs> and we totally screwed up the queen of the ring. So we got to make up for that as well. So what we've done here is essentially taken a bunch of people that have nothing to do and giving them something to do with very little time to build to any of their tag teams and very little time to create any kind of chemistry. I hope this works. Here we go. <laughs> you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if they take... Uh... Oh my God! Who else is left? That's not yeah. There's still two anywhere. weeks. There's still two weeks. Is it? There's Dewdrop. There's Nikki Ash, and there's Tamina. That's left, right? Yes. Yeah. Dude, dude, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw in a fifth tag team. Yep. And they make yep. uh, Nikki Ash and Dewdrop a tag team. Hell yes. Yep. I guarantee. Super, it. super Dewdrop. Super I, I Dewdrop. guarantee it. And then Tamina will just find her way doing something. Tamina will be the special guest referee. You know what? Maybe, maybe if they're smart and they left Tamina out, I would suggest her being the final piece in Roman beating Brock at Mania. Have Tamina come out and be like the last piece of the bloodline. What's she going to do? Hit Brock? Yeah. I don't think that's going to work, man. Well, listen, she's been a big like her whole life. Like that's been her. That's her whole gimmick, Duke. I don't know if you guys know that, but historically, actually, no way. The big. Now that I think, except about for it. that little bit that she was with Natalia, Tamina's been the big. Except for that short amount of time she was with Nia Jax, she's been the big her whole career. I could if they if they had pushed Tamina right, I could totally see her being the China of the bloodline. No, I I just remember they actually have Tamina in something right now. Wait, they what got, is she doing? They got her in a love square. It's what? like it's like Reggie and Dana Brooke, and then it's Tamina oh. and Tozawa. Oh, oh my god! No, that yeah, is because she's in. yeah, because she oh, just lip, no. she she been lip locking Tozawa the past few weeks. I just oh, I just no. remember that they got Glamorella two point going on. I totally forgot about that. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you did because I remembered it, and now you got to suffer you with me. Why would you remind me that? Because that's because that's, that's what we do. We point out the good, the bad, and the uh, ugly, and this is some ugly. Damn uh, But it's such better booking ideas. Moving on from the ugly, uh, Jesus, something that I actually think is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Edge got a new theme song. Yes, and this I was is going to ask you about this too. Yeah, and and this is going with his new character. So if you guys missed it on SmackDown, wait, was it SmackDown? No, uh, it was Raw. If you guys missed it on Raw, um, all you just hear is this ominous music play, and then it just goes, "You think you know me? <laughs> you never did." And then it just cuts to the Ultra Bridge song, 
I like that he still stuck with Alter Bridge because Alter Bridge did his last song. Yeah, yeah. So I like that he's sticking with Alter Bridge. Definitely an underrated band as far as, you know, making wrestling music goes. Mm-hmm. What do you think of his new song fitting with the new Edge character? Um, I don't know. I actually have been to ask you about it. I, I, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I don't know how I feel. I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta go back and pay attention to the music, but I just called him Blue Light Edge because I was a little more focused on the promo itself. Um, and I don't know. How, I mean, I like it. I feel like it's a, it's a character change which was needed. Mm-hmm. You can only be Edge that's back being Edge for so long. Um, I yeah, like the I, character change. I'm just, I'm. Eh, it's gonna take a minute. It's gonna take a minute. I, I was gonna say it shows me that he's not just here to be back and then go. It shows me that he's here for the long haul for the rest of his contract, and he's invested in this character. Mm-hmm. Um, the song itself, I, I had to listen to it a couple times. It, it's not a bad song. It's actually a pretty decent song. I think he just has to get the cues of how to work with it more when he comes to the ring and whatnot. Yeah, but other than that, it's not a, it's not a bad switch up for at least for me. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I have to watch it back. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as Blue Light Edge goes, uh, I'll see what they do in the next two weeks. Like it, yeah. it has to, I have to really know where he's going with it from from Mania and beyond, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's one more good point to end on before we get to that point. Do you want to talk about the Mysterios versus Miz and Logan Paul? We don't have to talk about it. Why? Why would you? Remind I have very short opinions of it, but um, you, you can you can throw your opinions in on this, sir. Go go ahead, because I, I I have none unless you give me something to opinionate on. Uh, my small opinion is just. We didn't need this. We didn't need this. That that this that's my thing opinion. that we needed. Um, it's happening, but I um, don't really care for it. I care much more about the Pat McAfee uh, match than I do about this. I I care much more about the Johnny Knoxville Sami Zayn match than I do about this. Uh, yeah, this yeah, that's saying something. Yeah, it's not right. like they're putting on a classic. <laughs> you know no, I mean? no, and they're really not. But that that just tells you how excited I am that you know Logan Paul is in a WWE ring. Yeah, yeah. if you would have, if you guys would have just ended it with KO stunning him at that one show and then leaving it at that, I would have been happy with that. Yeah, I, that would have been my extent of seeing Logan Paul. Cool. Yeah. Now I got to see this man have a match. I'm actually, matter of fact. I was going to discuss this when we did the shout outs, but I'm going to do it right now real quick. We're actually supposed to be doing a live stream with a few other YouTubers when WrestleMania comes out. And I'm fairly certain I'm about 90% sure I'm going to be away from the screen when that match comes on, (laughs) whether it's night one or night two, I will be protesting that match in particular. Mm. So I will be away from the screen for that match. Yeah, it's it's not very appealing. I wish they gave Mysterio something else to do. I wish he was doing standard deliver with Santos Escobar and Legado de Fantasma. 
Mm-hmm. It'd be far more I'd, I'd rather than that. that. I would rather that. But I mean, it is what it is. Um, that and what do you think about Charlotte and Rhonda? Have you been paying attention to how good Rhonda's been getting and how brutal these attacks have been and how ultimately entertaining these two women are? Why are you hiding your face, Duke? They are creating a very beautiful rivalry heading into WrestleMania. Oh, I I'll need give, you to acknowledge uh, that. I'm not acknowledging a damn thing. <laughs> acknowledge her. The only thing I'm acknowledging is our tribal chief and the head of the table. That is all I shall acknowledge going forward. I I choose to acknowledge nothing else. (laughs) No, I mean, I mean, they're they're doing good stuff. I mean, you can't deny it. You you really can't. As much as I've shit on Rhonda coming back and shit on her, you know, I still don't want Rhonda here. Mm -hmm. I, I can honestly say that I still don't want Rhonda in WWE. But, you know, it's entertaining. It is. It is what it is. I think it's better than Paige Van Zandt. Who? Paige Van Zandt, newly signed AEW superstar. Oh, no, I I know. Boxing world. I know who she is, but I'm just choosing not to acknowledge her. (laughs) Oh, man. I guess guess OnlyFans wasn't doing enough for her. Wow. Never that I thought I would say those. Never did I think I would say that on a wrestling podcast, but I just did. Mm-mm. All right. Well, no offense to the people who do OnlyFans, but yeah, no. Yeah, no offense to them at all. Um, <laughs> so the last. So, <laughs> uh, we're not getting monetized this episode. <laughs> oh, man. When, that one's on me, ladies and gentlemen. My bad. So, so to wrap up, oh, last yeah, to, point. to wrap this up, um, let's talk so, about the contract. There's rumors going around the wrestling community that uh, one Cody Rhodes has signed a contract with WWE. If this ain't a damn slap shot, I don't know what is. Because this, this I have a million things I'm thinking about this. It, one being, what the hell was AEW doing that Cody didn't agree with, A? B, WWE had to throw that man a hell of a lot of money. Like, there's just so many things that I have going on in my head. If this is true, it's ridiculous to think that he's coming back to wwe is this a coincidence um i wouldn't say it's going i saw no other signs of this but i mean i was i heard the rumors but i was very heavily hoping that he was just taking time off um I just hope it works out for him. Right, that's really all you can say. Because I've seen cases where they've paid you good money and given you creative control for other people and it still hasn't quite gone the way they wanted it to. Exactly. I've seen huge stars get swept under the rug within months. So I just really hope 
it works out the way you want it to. That's all I have to say, Cody, is I just, I just really hope you know what you're doing. I'm not, I, I wouldn't even know if I can look at Cody the same. Like not, not from like the first WWE run to now. I'm talking about from AEW to now. Because you just went through all that with AEW to start this revolution. Yeah, you created an amazing company. Yeah, you, you, you helped create, you were an integral part of an amazing product that was essentially throwing shots at your last company, your last employer. But this is, this is also what I'm thinking. Because mm-hmm. I, have, I have two theories about this. Either, not about why he did it, but about how it could go. I have the theory that um, it's going to go terribly and it's going to be a classic. Vince gets the top guy from the other company to come here, uh, makes a little bit of money and then destroys him. Like most people that come from other companies. Or I see theory two being, and this is going to sound you know, um, this is going to sound very theory heavy, but just stick with me. It could also be Cody working really well based on a kind of the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of way um, to where not too long ago, Cody was the throne breaker. And now the Triple H and everything that he's built is gone. I can kind of have Cody here as like the guy I was sort of, sort of rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, Cody gets to rebuild the throne that he broke. So it's like, I didn't agree with anything Hunter was doing and Hunter was going up against you and I kind of set him up to fail because I wanted to prove a point. So now that he's failed, you're more than welcome to come here because you're you're the guy that I want. You're you're the you're the mind that I needed to have by my side because blah 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 blah. So I can see it going phenomenally well in that aspect, um, or I could see it as just Christian Cage coming back after being Christian Cage from TNA. Like, I, I, oh, Christian's back, and then a couple months later, you're like, oh, well, he's Christian again. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Christian Cage coming back to being Christian option. I think that's what's going to happen. You think that's going to happen? Yeah, I, I don't see Vince. I think that's the more Khan. likely of the two. I mean, they yeah, say I, they're I don't very excited about it, but I could easily see Cody coming back, being main event Cody for a month or two, um, from like Mania to. Money in the bank. To money in the bank. And then after that, just being Cody Rhodes again. Yeah, I got it to like June, July. And I don't even see it making it to SummerSlam. Right, and then you're in a continental title with best. Yeah. I, I was going to say, then you'll just go right into the feud with Finn Balor or Damian Priest for the for the mid-card title. Yep. You'll, but you'll be Cody. But you'll be Cody. <laughs> and they'll pay you a whole lot of money. To be Cody. Just Yep, to be Cody. Just as long as as long as he's not Stardust. Yeah, yeah. None of us yeah. want Stardust. I hope that was included in the contract. Yeah, no, no Stardust. No Stardust. 
Then Vince um, just recreates something and calls it Galaxy Boy. <laughs> right? Some sort of some sort of weird repackaging that's similar to what it was already doing. Um, <laughs> or he'll be broken Cody Rhodes again. <laughs> Uh, but hopefully it turns out good for him man yeah i just hope he knows what he's doing man like i i I don't know what cody was thinking i don't know why he would leave i don't know why he would sign with wwe after he left but whatever the reason being i hope the money was good and i just hope hope, you know what you're hopefully that hopefully that money was worth it and i just hope you know what you're doing um, but that's pretty much everything. Uh, I think it's about time we get into these shout outs. Stevie Jobber, would you like to take it or would you want me to go first? Yeah, I got some small ones, so I'll go first. First and foremost, guys, Doghouse Gaming. I know every pod. I'm not going to stop. Doghouse Gaming for all your retro gaming needs. Follow them on Instagram. Follow them on Facebook. Now, I'm going back to my general Twitter crew for the shout outs uh, on Twitter. The High Wrestling Podcast. Love those guys. They make great points. Um, They get stoned and they watch wrestling. It's just, it's the best of both worlds. Yes, it's just the best. Um, Good Cop, Bad Cop Podcast. Um, Always some solid guys. And uh, last but not least, just in time, two eleven on Twitter. Fantastic guy, um, very supportive of anybody he enjoys. Uh, so shout out to them. Awesome, awesome. Um, so I guess we'll get into my shout outs. First shout out, as always, you know we're gonna go with them wrestling fanatic boys, AJ the collecting legend, D the toy hunter, Fats Frequency. Reckless Figs, Fritzy, got to shout them out. If you guys aren't connected to them on Instagram or YouTube, I highly recommend you check them out because they're just dope wrestling people. They make great content, and you can't go wrong with it, man. Uh, I'm going to shout out the All About Wrestling podcast, Mr. Bobby Rassels and his lovely co-host, Mi Amor. You definitely need to check them out because they're doing great content as well. Uh, they have an episode that just dropped today, well, yesterday. So check them out if you haven't, because that was a great episode that they just did. Then you got, oh, excuse me. You got Arcade Pop. We'll actually be going live with him, WrestleMania weekend on his YouTube channel, uh, either for night one or night two. I'm not sure which one yet, uh, but we'll be over there as well. They'll be running some giveaways, some dope stuff. I know we'll be putting something up there as well. So go check that out if you haven't. Mr. Awesome, too, you got to shout him out. The person who just threw us the threw us the alley-oop for our wrestler of the pod. You got official DJ Blade over there on Twitch. Great friend of the show. Awesome supporter. If you want to check out him and his dope music and dope vibes, you can check him out on Tuesdays and Thursdays on Twitch, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and since you're just going to shout out Doghouse Gaming, I'm going to throw something in there. Pop Vapor Toys in Daytona Beach, Florida. They have any retro wrestling figures or gear that you want. You can find it over there. You know, they got Macari. They got an eBay. They have an Instagram where they post stuff up for sale. 
check them out if you want to find some dope stuff as well. And that's pretty much all my shout outs for this week. All right, man, let's take it home. All right, guys, thank you for tuning into this episode this week. We got through a lot of points in as quick of a time as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you know where to check us out. You can check us out on the website, dangerousdriverswebsite.com. You know, the Stevie, the Stevie Spotlight will be dropping real soon if you want to check that out. Um, you can go check us out on YouTube, Dangerous Drivers Podcast. We'll be posting up some episodes there. We got some fig hunting videos. We actually just dropped a video for our giveaway winner. Congratulations, Hojo, by the way. Uh, you got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere podcasts can be listened to. That's where you can find us. But that's pretty much it for this week, guys. Have a blessed one. Stay up. Stay blessed. And as always, stay dangerous. Saskatchewan!